Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Sorry I haven't posted in a while. I'm in the middle of moving. I'm, um, I moved to, well, I can't, I don't really want to expose my location because, you know, there's some bad people out there. But I moved from my home city last year for work and now I'm moving back there because I finally, um, got work there so I will be starting in the ICU in January. I'm currently a um, medicine float staff at the hospital I am currently at and I've just been doing some moving so essentially I got the job like two weeks ago and I essentially need to move like within three weeks from one city to another and they're like three hours apart so it's a lot of uh, organizing and then I'm also still like working full-time at my current job in the middle of that so whenever I've gotten rest I basically just laid in bed or on the couch and rested when I can so I apologize it's been a while since I posted my last review videos I hope you get not review videos oh my god I'm a voice recording not video recording um well I'm waiting for my car to warm up because it's finally not negative 30 outside it's like negative 15 so it's still chilly but uh not as bad as it has been so I hope you guys are doing well out there um wherever you are I hope things are going well your studies work um today because I think I wanted to cover I know I've been covering a lot of the cardiac um diseases for a bit I think I'm gonna because now I have to like kind of go through the ICU training and we are starting with the central nervous system so I'll do topics I think related to that just to review for myself and also do like a quick um, review for you guys if you need just a quick freshen up on the areas that I'm going to be covering in my um, ICU training it's basically pathophysiology but like they just kind of do like a refresher um, as part of the training just to really get you back into thinking like theoretically and then applying it to the patient in um, the clinical setting. So we are starting with the central nervous system and we're starting with basically anatomy and physiology. So I'm going to bring you back to the anatomy and um, not yeah anatomy and the functions of the brain structures. So we've got for um, the areas that the brain is kind of divided into We've essentially got the parental, um, parental um, lobe. Then we've got the parietal lobes, which are this is um, including both the right and the left lobes. We've got the temporal, the left temporal, the right temporal. We've also got the occipital lobe way at the back, and we've got the corpus callosum. It's basically like the communicating center. Like it's a, it's the tissue that connects. Uh, the two hemispheres of the brain essentially and then we've got the cerebellum which is for balance and it's like at the base of the neck so I will go through the um, what's the word the functions of each area so of course we'll start with the for um, why can I never speak after shifts like my mouth is always so dry because I barely drink any water so whenever I'm like in the car waiting for it to warm up and I'm recording my mouth is literally like not producing the words I wanted to. So the parental lobe are located obviously in the front of the skull and usually the functions is they are um, they plan for the future. They also have some speech aspect that they control. The pre parental I cannot say words. 
prefrontal lobe controls um, respirations, can also control the GI tract, um, circulation, pupillary reactions, emotions, can help regulate the person's personality. Thought processes can also be are found in this region of the brain. Um, person's intellect, um, math ability, and concentration. And there's like different areas of the frontal lobe that have different functions. So we've got the Broca's areas. This part particularly controls the ability for an individual to articulate speech. It's contained in one of the hemisphere and is almost always dominant on the left side of the hemisphere. Um, damage to this area may cause motor aphasia, so like the production of speech. So the person could understand you and they will try to like respond back to you and they might not be able to respond like in a normal way like they can't mechanically like might not be able to produce speech essentially um and then they've also got um written speech area i'm reading like a very simplified version of this like there's actual like more detailed um anatomy and physiology book set they depending on which book you have they can go into very a lot of details and so there's also the speech area controls your ability basically to write words regardless of rather um, you're left-handed or right-handed um, and it's usually also in the left um, hemisphere and then we're moving back so behind the parental lobe we have the parietal lobe and it is like the crown of the head is where located it's better if you google an image of the brain that gives you a better visualization of like the areas like the different tissues of the brain that we have and then um, so in the parietal area it's mainly um, sensory is processed in this area it receives sensory stimuli from other parts of the body and it can help the body basically um, understand like size shape weight texture consistency um, position of things touch and pressure are also processed in these areas it can also help um, the person with their visual um, like space like the human body in relation to the space they're in like the environment they're in that helps um, process that kind of information and then you can move back into the parietal uh, not the parietal into the temporal lobe which is located around the temples and this is um, it deals mainly with sound the temporal lobe mainly deals with sound and also there's Wernicke's area that's in this um, part of the brain so the Wernicke area works to understand spoken word and written language so like when you're reading and you're listening that's the area that processes that information when you're in the um, parietal lobe let me make sure now, when you're in the parental lobe, you've got the Broca's area, which is speech articulation. And then when you move to the temporal, you've got the Wernicke's, which is basically understanding speech. Either it's written or it's spoken. Um, also helps to um, process auditory speech. So interpret sound into pitch, quality, and loudness. And then also um, it helps to control some of the body's sensory areas. And then, of course, in the occipital lobe, which is located at the back and bottom of the head. This one deals with your visual. This is where your visual area is, where all of your 
visual visual information gets taken received by the eyes and then sent to the back of your head for it to be integrated and processed so this is where um, basically your eyes are able to um, process size of things the form of things the motion the color and like the information that basically um, interprets your surrounding for you visually and then we've got the corpus callosum which is that tissue in the middle of both hemispheres that connects um, the left and the right um, hemispheres of the brain and then also just kind of sends information between the two so it helps to seamlessly communicate and interweave information from one side of the lobe to the other so that it's basically it's almost like your brain is processing as one but it's two separate areas with the communication center and then we've got the cerebellum this guy has a lot to do with your balance your coordination your muscle memory um, it governs your walking essentially um, it is composed of gray and white matter and what else do we have we've also got your midbrain this is on top of so we're now getting into the brain stem and then down the spine so the midbrain is on top of the brain stem and it's the pathway um, basically to the hemispheres and it's the center for auditory and visual reflexes and then just in like below the midbrain you've got the pons so the pond is like the middle part of the brain stem whereas the midbrain is the top of the brain stem so now you're moving slowly downwards and the pons essentially maintains a bridge between the midbrain and the medulla so it acts like a communication center just like the corpus callosum between the two hemispheres the pons is the communicator between the midbrains and the medulla it also controls your um, involuntary respiratory function and then the medulla just below the pons is at the bottom part of the brainstem and it attaches to the spinal cord and here it transmits information for coordination of the head and eye movements it also contains um, involuntary control of the um, cardiovascular system the vasomotor and your respiratory centers are also here we've also got the thalamus it is located deep in the center of the brain um, near the brainstem so if you look like underneath the brain you would find that structure um, it's better if you if you google a couple images of the brain and just kind of like rotate it if there's like a 3d model where you could rotate and kind of identify different parts of the brain um, so the thalamus is responsible also for your sense of movement and position in relation to your other body parts and the environment essentially and then your ability to recognize the size the shape and quality of objects it's also responsible for routing all of your sensory um, stimuli to their destinations and then this includes like in the brain like if it needs to go to a certain part of the brain for the sense sensation of the stimulus to be interpreted it will send it to that part of the brain and then relay it back so like if you basically if you put let's say there's a flame and you put the tip of your finger on top of that flame that stimulus is the flame 
your nerves send it up the spinal cord and then the um, thalamus acts basically as like one of the transmitters that sends it to the part of the brain where your brain needs to be like what is this what is this and then your brain's like oh it's something that hurts and then you pull your hand away and that's the response is you pull your hand away from the flame um, also we've got the hypothalamus which is located between the pituitary gland and the brain stem um, this also regulates your appetite your sexual arousal third this is also considered your thirst center um, controls your temperature your hormonal secretions um, water regulation and then also um, physical expressions in response to emotions so blushing clammy hands dry mouth um, responses like that and then we've got your pituitary gland which is considered your master gland for your hormones it's located in the front and center of the brain it's considered the master gland and it res uh, basically has a number of hormones that it secretes and it receives the okay from its general the hypothalamus says you can go ahead and release this thing now and then it releases it secretes it into um, the bloodstream and obviously it travels to its target organ so the anterior part of the pituitary gland um, secretes growth stimulating hormone you also might know it as gsh it also um, secretes adrenocorticotropic hormone or ACTH also um, releases thyroid stimulating hormone TSH and let's see also releases your follicular stimulating hormone FSH and your luteinizing hormone LH and those two are particular in regulating your cycle if you're a female um, we've also got the posterior lobe of the pituitary gland um, it secretes antidiuretic hormone and oxytocin. You might know the antidiuretic hormone essentially um, if you have a patient that comes in that is um, essentially um, either, what is it, inappropriate release of antidiuretic hormone. So basically the antidiuretic is like when it's like, you know, in the kidneys, the collecting tubules have like the little aquaporins that can form that lets the body reabsorb the fluid. That would be um, part of the job of the anti-diuretic um, hormone. And so if that hormone is misbehaving, it's essentially, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It basically closes those aquaporins um, so that oh no it doesn't it doesn't the antidiuretic hormone it basically if you have an inappropriate release of it it essentially um puts those pores in the collecting duct before they go to the um before they go to the ureters to go to the bladder it puts those extra pores in so that the body reabsorbs all that water and then you're basically containing water inappropriately because the kidney is reabsorbing it back into the bloodstream so if you get um, inappropriate release of antidiuretic hormone, that's what happens, essentially. If the patient just starts retaining a, a ridiculous amount of fluids until that is corrected. That's where you might be familiar with the hormone, if you've ever heard of it, mostly in clinical area, when someone's having issues with their kidneys not regulating fluids properly in the body. And that is it for my review for the... 
what else um for the brain structures and function i will probably i might re-release a more detailed um review of the uh lobes of the brain as i take more notes and study more for my um training so if I put up a new version of it that has a lot more details in it as I'm trying to study these things and put them back in my brain from nursing school, I might just do that. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I hope to be posting again soon. Um, I hope you guys are doing well and I will see you next time.